1984, pastors Jean and Sue started Faith Christian Center in a hotel ballroom. But for the past 36 years, they have taught people how to practically apply the Bible to their everyday lives. Over the years, God has blessed us and the church has grown. Faith Christian Center is now located on a beautiful 73-acre campus in the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We believe the best is yet to come. Today's message will encourage you, inspire you, and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God and the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am. I'm seated right now in the heavenly realms, in the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine. And I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. And then my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive. As I am taught the Word of God, my life is changed for the better. And I will never be the same again. Amen. May be seated. And as you're being seated, if you would turn your Bibles to James chapter 1, James 1 and verse 22. And as we work our way through this message today, what I would encourage you to purpose in your heart is to simply start taking action. At whatever level you're at, to start taking action. And if you would say, well, Austin, I'm already taking action in these ways, I would challenge you to take greater action. At whatever level you're at, however far God has brought you, even if you're just getting started, purpose in your heart to start taking action. And if you've been taking action, I would challenge you, purpose in your heart to take greater action. Now, over the past three weeks, we dealt with vows, and the last two Sundays, we dealt with Jacob's vow. And we learned about the power of walking in covenant with God and being men and women of our word and making our word come to pass. And today, again, we conclude our series on the truth about money, what the Bible says about handling our money. And next Sunday, we're going to begin our Holy Week revival. So next Sunday, March 28th, is Palm Sunday. It's the week between Palm Sunday and then Easter. So Sunday, 9 a.m., 11 a.m., 6 p.m., Monday through Friday, noon and 7 p.m., the noon sessions will deal with prayer. The evening services pastor will deal with how confession brings possession. James 1 and verse 22 is one of the most important verses in the Bible. And for us as believers who have been saved, we've been redeemed, we've been born again, it is crucial to our walk with the Lord and our everyday lives. The King James says, but be ye doers of the word. So tell, tell yourself, say, be a, doer. be a doer. And this right here is the issue. And I understand that FCC, we're always talking about action, personal responsibility, you taking the action you need to take. But this is the key to walking in the blessing of the Lord. But be ye doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. The NIV says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, do what it says. And I believe in listening to the word of God, amen? 
Paul writes, Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You know, listening to the Word is better than anything else you can listen to. But listening to the Word by itself is not enough. You got to take action. You've got to do. You've got to be a doer of the Word of God. And the best thing to do is to be a doer of the Word in every area of life. Now, our message today is how God makes a man or woman rich. How God makes a man or woman rich. And you hear me say all the time that this is not something that happens overnight. This is not something that happens by 3 p.m. tomorrow or next week or next month, but over time. As you work the Word of God, this is what the Lord does. And it all begins with Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55, beginning in verse 8, the Lord says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As high as the heavens are above, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and snow come down from heaven, and do not return to it without watering the earth, and making it bud and floors, so that it yields, and this is important, seed for the sower. Say seed. seed. Now say sower. sower. Seed for the sower. So that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. As we say all the time, the word works, and the word works for those who work the word. And an individual man or an individual woman, they can choose to ignore and not take action on the Word of God or some part of the Word of God, but that doesn't change the fact that someone, somewhere, is working the Word. See, even if someone says, well, I disagree, or I believe this or that, or, or they say, well, I don't believe that healing's for today, or I don't believe the blessing of the Lord is for today, or I don't believe the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for today, even if they head down that road, that doesn't change the fact that somewhere, someone believes the Word, has accepted the Word, and has taken action on the Word, and they are walking in the fruit of the Word. Number one, God makes a man or woman rich by blessing their labor. God makes a man or woman rich by blessing their labor. Their labor, their work, the work of their hands. Deuteronomy 8.18 says, But remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you the ability, the ability to produce. The King James says the power to get wealth. The ability to produce wealth. The power to get wealth, and so confirms His covenant which he swore to your forefathers as it is today. So it's the power to get or to produce. The power to work for over time. Not the power to steal or mooch. Not the power to steal or mooch what somebody else has worked for. Psalm 1, beginning in verse 1, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields fruit, its fruit in season, and his leaf does not wither. Whatever he does, the King James says, whatsoever he doeth. Say doeth. doeth. So God blesses the action we take. God does not bless our beliefs or our hopes. God does not bless our good intentions. God blesses the work of our hands. Whatsoever he doeth. Say doeth again. Do Whatever he does. 
or whatsoever he doeth prospers. But what about someone that doesn't do anything? Or what about someone that only does the bare minimum? And that's the kind of culture that we live in today. Of course, that's not the kind of culture we hear, but out there in the world, that's the kind of culture we live in. This past week, Jessica and I wanted to eat Chinese food, and there aren't too many options for that where we live, amen? And uh, I wish we were in New York or San Francisco or somewhere where you could get good Chinese food. And you're like, I know a place, down, and that's not what I'm talking about, amen? <laughs> and so we went to a place over here off of 20, and it reminded me, used to when my father would take us on vacation, and a, a wonderful place our family loves, it would always crack us up because we'd go eat an early dinner like 5 p.m. and you go in a restaurant, it'd be empty, no one there, but they would always ask, do you have a reservation? What for? There is no one here. And so Jessica and I, we went to this place and it was barely half empty. And of course, they wanted to know if we had a reservation. No, they made us wait anyway. And that is the culture we live in today. Mediocrity, a lack of excellence, people doing the bare minimum to get by. But that is not what God can bless. He blesses the work of our hands. Deuteronomy 15 and verse 10, give generously to him and do so without a grudging heart. Then because of this, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work. And in everything you put your hand to. Say in everything, I put my hands to. So we've got to be busy and we've got to be productive for our families and our work and labor and for the kingdom of God. And so what if someone doesn't do any work? What if someone doesn't put their hands to anything? What if someone only does the bare minimum required? Well, obviously, they're not going to walk in the blessing of the Lord like someone who is putting their hand to the plow. They're giving it their best. They're doing it with excellence. Deuteronomy 28 and verse 1. If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all his commands I give you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations on the earth. Verse 8. The Lord will send a blessing on your barns and on everything you put your hand to. The Lord your God will bless you in the land he's giving you. So notice, well, we'll get to barns, but he blesses what we put our hands to. And he also blesses our barns. Now, Jessica and I, we don't have barns, but we have savings accounts. We have retirement accounts. We have investment accounts. If you want God to bless your barns or your storehouses, you got to have barns and storehouses to bless. And many believers, even though they've been a believer five years or 10 years or 15 years or 20 years, they're not blessed because either they have no work or labor for God to bless, or they have no barns or storehouses or accounts for God to bless. And there's no excuses in 2021. We have it so easy. I love what a lady in the church said to my father after the 9 a.m. message last week, that we, we have it so easy. We're not trying to figure out how many chickens or goats or cows we've got to bring to church each Sunday in our giving and our offerings. That would be a lot of work and a lot of effort. We literally just on your phone, click, 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 done, finished. We have it so easy. And yet this generation complains and cries and grumbles more than any other previous generation. You know, right now while I'm speaking, you could probably get on the Chase app or the Bank of America app and open up a savings account. Clickety-click, click, boom, done. And yet 
the problem, the challenge so many people have week after week, month after month, year after year, is they don't take any action. And so many don't even do the bare minimum. And if you're not married yet, you don't want to marry the bare minimum person. Amen. That's part of that fruit. You got to evaluate dating. Amen. Number two, God makes a man or woman rich by giving them seed to sow. Say seed to sow. And a lot of times people mess themselves up because they have in mind this goal or that goal and they're missing the basics. The Bible says little foxes spoil the vine. It is the basics that most people are missing it at. The principles in Isaiah 55 are also in the New Testament in 2 Corinthians 9. And these verses are the key. They are literally how over time, say over time. So again, not, not overnight, not by Thursday, over time, over years, over decades, God makes a man or woman rich. 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 6, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reach, reap generously. Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound. And I love that, amen? In 2021, in the midst of all the craziness, what's going on in our lives? What is God doing in our lives, in all things, at all times, having all that we need? We're abounding, amen? In every good work. As it is written, he has scattered abroad his gifts to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the who? Seed to who? So if you're not a sower, God doesn't need to be involved in what you've got going on. He blesses good stewardship. And I'm about to use one of the parables of Jesus as an example, but not all, but most of the parables are about stewardship of some kind or another. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be made rich in every way so you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. And if you're new, and if you're watching or listening and you're new, that is our heart's desire for you over time. That, that over time, you would walk in the blessing of God. And over time, you would enter into the best that God has for you in every area of life, including in your finances. Pastor said at 9 a.m., God doesn't want us to be like chickens, scratching and clawing through life, begging, pleading, that is not his best. And so right now, you might have little, but if you'll give your life to God, if you'll honor him, if you'll put him first in every area of your life, including in your finances, his blessing will come upon you. And over time, as God takes you to new levels, if you'll consistently and faithfully honor him and walk with him, there will be no end to what God can do in your life. Say this, say, if I'll honor God, there'll be no limits. Say it again, say, if I'll honor God, there'll be no limits. Again, the challenge is this, action. Man in the church told me that after we showed their testimony video, that, that people were coming up to him and asking him, you know, what they needed to do. Again, little foxes spoil the vine. The, the challenge most people have is taking action. You just got to get started. 
And as we'll get to, even if you get started with $5 a week in savings or whatever it is, the challenge is just getting started. And then over time, not being complacent at your level or the action you're taking, but over time, taking greater action. And if you'll do that, God can continually take you to new levels. In your heart, purpose to be a blessing. In your heart, purpose to be a sower. Purpose to be a tither and a giver. And if you'll do that, God will give you seed to sow. If you're a sower, he'll give you seed to sow. I didn't say that he'll make you this or that. I didn't say that by next year you'll have $100,000 or in 10 years you'll have a million dollars. Remember I said last Sunday, not everybody is willing to work that hard. Not everyone is willing to be that kind of good steward. I said he will give you seed to sow. Say this, say, it's up to me. me. Smile at your neighbor and tell him, say, it's up to you. Smile at your other neighbor and tell him, it's up to you. He gives us seed to sow. And just like he gives every man or woman a measure of faith, I believe our wonderful Heavenly Father, he gives every believer seed to sow. But not every believer is a good steward with the seed that he gives them. And as we'll get to, they, they eat it, they spend it, they consume it, they use it for other things. He gives us seed to sow. And this is how over time our Heavenly Father blesses us. This is how over time he increases us. This is how over time he makes a man or woman rich. But this is also how he separates the faithful from the pretenders. He gives us seed to sow. And how far you go is up to you. Say, it's up to me. me. 2 Corinthians 9.10, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed. So it's seed to the sower not seed to the hoarder, not seed to the stingy man or the cheap man or the thief or robber. It is seed to the sower. And that is normal Christianity. But if you never start, if you never take action, if you never take any greater action, you'll be stuck. You'll remain right where you are. Over time, our Heavenly Father blesses a man or woman by giving them seed to sow. And too many believers don't know that or they don't believe it, or because of religion, their hearts have been hardened against it, so they eat their seed. They consume their seed. They, they, they spend their seed. And again, we, we are of the perspective. God blesses us. God increases us. Our commitment, our requirement is to do what His Word says. But after you do what His Word says, there's nothing wrong with you getting, acquiring, buying, spending what you want on what you desire as long as it is consistent with the godly life. So whatever across your hands, if you're a tither and if you're a giver, you know, if you want to order stuff on Amazon, God bless you. Go for it. Amen. You know, some, some husbands have told me they would love it if we would do an Amazon fast here at church. And all the men said, Amen. I'm going to be in trouble after this service. So There's nothing wrong with you buying or acquiring or spending what you want or this or that. But again, there's balance because we live in a culture that's out of control. And part of that is the spending. Amen. But a lot of believers, they're not being faithful with what God has put in their hands, whether it's a little or a lot. And he's given them seed to sow, but they're eating their seed. They're consuming their seed. 
or they're spending their seed before they have first done what is right, before they have first put God first. Number three, over time, God makes a man or woman rich by blessing the seed they sow in tithes and offerings. God makes a man or woman rich by blessing the seed they sow in tithes and offerings. Again, 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 6, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Verse 10, now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be made rich in every way so you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. And I love verse 13, which says, men will praise God for the obedience. Say obedience. obedience. So again, what we believe is evidenced by what we do. What we really believe is evidenced by what we do. And obedience can be seen. Men will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. Now, now why would we do a message like this? Why would we talk about popular topics, topics like saving money? It's because we love you. And as long as the Lord tarries, we want you to be blessed. And five years from now and ten years from now, we want you to be more blessed and have more ability than you do today. We love you. And because we love you, we truthfully and we faithfully proclaim the Word of God. I remember being in a service one time with Aaron, and I was grieved because the, the, the speaker, the minister, was talking about how God wants everyone to be a billionaire. And again, because of the way my father raised me and trained me in the Word of God, the issue is action. Most people aren't taking any action. And so I sat there thinking, well, let's first talk about having $10,000 in savings. See, if you're, you're not taking any action week by week, there's no point someone getting your hopes up, then laying hands on you and getting you all excited when you're not even saving $100 every week. See, he blesses. What does he bless? The work of our hands. He blesses the action we take. And so I know today we're dealing with the practical. I know today we're dealing with the nitty-gritty. I know today we're, we're dealing with personal responsibility. I know today we're, we're dealing with the reality that at whatever level I'm at, it's because of the actions that I have taken or the actions I have not taken. But why are we willing to do this? We, we love you. Like 3 John 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health. Number four, God makes a man or woman rich by blessing the seed they sow in savings. Say savings. See, you ought not just have money in your account when the government does a stimulus. Jessica needed to get shoes for the kids and swim shoes, things for the summer. And so, praise God, her parents went with her to do that. Amen. So I could, I could pray and study and think about today's message at home and the peace and quiet. And she told me it was unbelievable how packed the store was and how many people were at the store. And she mentioned it to a worker, and the worker said, well, everybody's here spending their stimulus money. See, you ought not have more than zero when the government does something. Amen. So God blesses the seed we sow where? Into savings. Now, I would encourage you to go back and watch the September 13th message of last year 
from this series called Don't Waste Your Life. That was September 13th, 2020. And I would encourage you in your, your devotional time this week to read and study and meditate on the parable of the talents in Matthew chapter 25. In that parable, the master who represents the Lord, he gave one man five talents. I love what the new NIV says. He gave one man five bags of gold. And then he gave the other man two talents and another man one talent, each according to his ability. And praise God, we've all been given different abilities, but it is what it is. And we are to do the best with what we have. We are to excel with what we have. We are to give God and the kingdom of God and our families and loved ones 110%, 120% with what we have. Now you read the parable, you find out that the five-talent man and the two-talent man both put the money to work. Say, they put the money to work. And they each, they, they doubled their master's investment. But the one-talent man, he hid his master's talent. He, he literally, it'd be like putting the money under his mattress. That's what he did. He went out, he dug a hole, put it in the ground. He didn't even do the bare minimum and put the money on deposit. So he, how lazy was he? He was so lazy. He didn't get in his vehicle, didn't drive down the road to Bank of America or Chase or wherever to put the money on deposit. That's how lazy he was. And the day came when the master returned and settled accounts. And this is how he commended the two men who put the money to work and doubled the master's investment. Jesus told them, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. But this is what the master said to the one talent man. Look at Matthew 25 and verse 26. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gathered where I have not scattered seed. Well then, and this is the way he's saying it, this is the very least you should have done. This is the bare minimum you should have done. You should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. And in those days, the interest was a lot more exciting. Amen? Verse 28, take the talent from him. See, then this is the complete and total opposite of the culture we live in today. This is the complete and total opposite of our government's monetary policy and the road that politicians want to take our government and country down. Take the talent from him and give it to the one who has 10 talents. For everyone who has will be given more and he will have an abundance. So when you go to work for the kingdom of God, when you're a good steward with what God blesses you with, you will be given more, and you will have an abundance. Let's say it. Say, I will be given more, and I will have an abundance. And this is something that we're mindful of, because we, we know what the Word says, we know the Word works, we know God's plan works, and that God's plan in every area of life yields blessing. But as you work God's plan over time, he's get, He gives you more, and more, and more, and there's an abundance. But what happens in a believer's life when they, they know what the Word says, but they choose not to take action, they choose to go by the culture or by their opinion, well, time goes by, and they don't have more. In fact, they have 
less because unlike the world or our government, our Heavenly Father doesn't redistribute to the unproductive. He actually takes assets and talents and gifts and money from those that are unproductive and He redistributes it to the productive. And over time, those who are productive, those who go to work, those who are good stewards, they have more and they have an abundance. Whoever does not have even what he has will be taken from him. That's a great verse. Maybe we should put that on a t-shirt. Amen? And throw that worthless. Say, say worthless. worthless. So young people, if you're, you're dating, if you're looking, worthless is not what you want. Amen? That, that is not God's best for you. Throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Well, that, that's hell. That is not heaven. Amen? So you've got to decide for you in your life, will you be like the one-talent man or will you be like the five-talent man or the two-talent man? Will you put the gifts and the talents, the abilities, the money that God has blessed you with to work or will you be like the one-talent man and only do the bare minimum or not even do the bare minimum? Will you be like the one-talent man and not even do the bare minimum? of putting the money on deposit in a regular old-fashioned account. See, there are spiritual implications of how we handle money. And we've, we've quoted what Dr. Lester Sumrall told my father many years ago, that if a man or woman isn't right with their money, they're not right. That's why how we handle our money, it reveals what's really going on in our heart. You know, when these politicians have to release their tax returns, their, their tax returns reveal what's really going on in their lives. God expects us to multiply our money. God expects us to multiply and to increase our money over time. And God has promised to bless our storehouses. Deuteronomy 28 verse 8 says, The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses, and in all that thou settest thine hand unto. And he shall bless thee in the land, he giveth thee. So say this, say the Lord commands, Lord commands his, blessing. his blessing. Say, say the Lord commands, Lord commands his, blessing his blessing on my life, on my life. and my storehouses. my storehouses. So he has promised to increase our store of seed. He gives us seed to sow. And in 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 10, we see that God has promised if we'll sow, if we'll be faithful in sowing, not just in giving into the kingdom of God, but another form of sowing is sowing into your future, sowing into your family, sowing into your, your wife or husband, sowing into your children and grandchildren with savings. He will supply and increase your store of seed. Or, as we see in Deuteronomy 28.8, He will command His blessing upon your storehouses. But what if you don't have any storehouses? What if you don't have any savings accounts? What if you don't have a retirement account? What if you don't have a investment account? How can he command his blessing upon what you don't have? And again, we have it so easy today. You know, back in the day, our parents and grandparents, they had to go to the bank and do it in person and fill out the paperwork. I bet you can do it right on your phone without going anywhere. So there are no excuses. Tell your neighbor, say, there are no excuses. Tell, tell your other neighbor, say, there are no excuses. And now, now everything's electronic. You, you don't have to every week go and bring it in person. I, I'm going to put this in savings. 
Now most things are electronic. You can set it up to where it happens before you ever get your, your hands on it. So there are no excuses. Again, tell your neighbor, say, there are no excuses. Tell your other neighbor, say, there are no excuses. So our storehouses are accounts. Savings accounts, brokerage accounts, retirement accounts. But how can he bless them if we don't have them? How can he bless them if we're too lazy to open them up? How can he bless them if we're too lazy to do the bare minimum? It's like Austin, spring break Sunday, you were talking, you're using that word lazy a lot. And I know I'm talking to the faithful and to the committed. But if you want to walk in greater blessing, you got to take greater action. Jesus, Matthew 25, 29 again, everyone who has will be given more and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. And if you'll understand this, you will be on your way. Now, last Sunday, we shared the testimony of a family who had a goal. They had a goal, as many of us do. They had a goal to pay off their home in 10 years. But as they shared after a while, they realized they just had a faith confession and they weren't taking any action toward their goal. And so they began taking action by making just two extra payments every year. And God blessed the work of their hands. The husband started his own company. Then, and just one job, the husband made more money than both their annual salaries combined. And as they shared, they had a choice. Would they pay that money against their home, even though it wouldn't be enough to pay it off? Or would they put God's kingdom first and finish their challenge offering commitment? Was they shared, they chose to put God's kingdom first, they finished their challenge offering commitment, then God so blessed them that they still paid their home off in 2020. Praise God, amen? And as they said, crushing, beating their goal. I believe they did it in eight years, not ten. With the help of God, all things are possible. But why? So say, say why. why? See, this is it. This is where the rubber meets the road. Why do most people stay stuck where they are? In neutral, not going anywhere or going backwards. They never start taking any action or they never take any new action. See, so you ought to have money, extra money, just because you're a doer of the Word of God. Just because you're a good steward, just because you don't spend all that cross your hands, just because, as we say all the time, save something every seven days. And so even if you, you qualify for this extra, that extra, you ought not be excited when it hit, hits your account. In fact, it shouldn't even matter. Why? Because you're a doer of the Word of God. And you sure enough shouldn't be somewhere spending it all because you're excited to have some extra. See, if we, we would work his plan, we would live in extra abundance, excess, overflow all the time. So why do most people stay stuck where they are? They never start taking any action or they never take any new action. So God blessed that family as they tithed and gave offerings above and beyond. Then they took action and started prepaying their mortgage. But it was slow at first, only with an extra two payments a year. Now, this is an illustration my father has used before, and I'm going to use it, and I don't want to make my mom nervous over there with doing an illustration of fire, although a blowtorch would make this much easier. Well, we'll get it. Maybe we got too much air conditioning going up here. There we go. When you have a note of any kind, or a house note, 15 years, 20 years, 30 years, 
when you're just making the regular, normal payments, for a long, long time, most of what you're paying is against the interest. And the progress is very, very slow. And it takes a long time to get to where you're actually working, the majority of what you're paying is going against the principal. And that's why most people never get something paid off. That's why they never get to that exciting goal. And the word mortgage actually means death note. And that's why many people, they'll pay on a house till they die. And even if in America you do happen to get a house paid off, if you watch TV during the day, they have commercials geared for old people to try and talk old people into doing what's called a reverse mortgage. So even if in America you get it paid off, why, why, why enjoy that? Why leave it to your children or your grandchildren? Borrow against it and spend it all before you step into eternity. That is the culture that we live in today. But see, for most people, if all they do on a house, on a car, on a credit card, if all you do is make the regular, normal payment, very little is happening. Nothing is exciting. But what happens if you do as we teach at Faith Christian Center? What happens if you start taking extra action? Well, then you're burning the candle from both ends. And the progress is faster. And the extra action you're taking is automatically, what's going out? We got a lot of air conditioning up here, amen? It is glorious. But the extra action you're taking, it's going against what? The principle. And this is before you add in the blessing of the Lord. Amen. See, an unsaved person could take action and be blessed more than your average person, and that's before you add in being a part of the family of God. And that's before you add in our Heavenly Father blessing all the work of your hands. So again, the issue for all of us, and I'm including myself, is to take action. And the issue for all of us is not just to take action, but every year to take greater action. Amen? I'll put that out so we don't have any illustration mishaps. Amen? So the key is action. The key is taking greater action. And so that, that family, that they were believing. They were confessing. But nothing started happening. And our Heavenly Father didn't start really blessing until they had some work of their hands for Him to bless. And when they started taking extra action, then our Heavenly Father started blessing them extra. And they reached their goal faster than they had planned. They were blessed. What did Jesus say? Luke 6, 38, give and it will be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, shall men, shall God cause men and women to give unto your bosom. For with the, the NIV says, with the measure you used, it will be measured unto you. So you know what that is? Men and women giving unto your life, unto your bosom? It is gifts. It is exceptional commissions. It is inheritances. It is wealth transfers. Now don't be someone that goes looking for these things. Because if you do, you'll be perceived as a pest or a moocher. And in growing up in church, I, I've heard these stories again and again. Somebody gets blessed with an inheritance of $10,000 or $20,000, and instead of saving it and investing it in something like a technology company, they, they open a snow cone stand. Look, there's Kona ice. 
And Kona Ice is awesome. So you're not going to compete with Kona Ice. Or they take their inheritance. And I mean, I'm not making this up. Open an Italian restaurant. You better know what you're doing or it's going to be gone. Or as pastor shared at 9 a.m., young man took a $20,000 inheritance. He asked pastor, what should I do? This was back, I think, the early 90s. And my father told him, open a brokerage account, invest it, pretend like you never saw it. But a young man, being like a young man, amen, I'll include myself. You know, all young men want to upgrade their ride, amen. And so he went and he bought a Trans Am, which of course, if you drive it, like a young man does, it's not worth much after a few years. Gone. And I could tell story after story like that. See, see, a lot of people, they don't practice good stewardship, and then when they come into money, or some money of some kind, that they don't have good stewardship, and it's gone. That's why when people win the lottery, you let a few years go by, it doesn't matter how much they won. $10 million, $100 million, you let a few years go by, they have nothing. Because it is how they handle money. So don't be a pest or a moocher. Pastor Jeremiah Thomas from Rochester, New York, says that's how people behaved at the Bible school he went to. He said they would always drop faith hints about how others could bless them. Don't be that person, amen? Don't, that's not faith. That's being a pest or a moocher. So when that family took action and prepaid their mortgage, God blessed them. He blessed them with a huge job, but then they faced a decision, and they chose to put God's kingdom first. And we learned about that. Pastor did a message, the first principle of prosperity, on Palm and Easter Sunday in 2018 about putting God's kingdom first. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 21, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Matthew 6, 33, seek when? First the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. So God, over time, makes a man or woman rich by blessing the seed they sow into savings. You've heard my father's story about how in 1989, he was at 5 a.m. prayer, and he was complaining to the Lord about how he didn't have any money. He was tired of not having any money. And God didn't tell him, good luck, son, FedEx is on the way. The Lord didn't tell him, say, son, your, your miracle is on the way. No, the Lord told my father, son, you never have any money because you never save any money. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Victory lap time. See, it's about the action we're taking. And so you've heard my father share how the Lord told him to save something every seven days, both in his life personally and in the church, even if it's just $5. And so see, somebody might say, well, Austin, I can't save $100 a week. I can't save $5 a week. Or I can't save $500 a week. Well, what about $25 a week? What about $5 a week? You know, if you go to Starbucks and get a, a latte and a, and a muffin, that's $10 or $11 or $12 before the tip. So you can at least skip that one day a week and set that aside every week. You've heard me share the story of how at the age of 15, in 1997, my father required that I set aside a minimum of 15% of all the money that crossed my hands at work. And you've heard me share how I got that first paycheck, and I saw what was deducted for taxes in the government, and I saw this other 15%. What, what is this? And I, I was not thrilled. But today, Jessica and I set aside more than 20% of all of our work income, 
And then when extra monies cross our hands above and beyond, we always set aside at least 10% of those extra monies. Now that money did not add up to much at the end of 1997, but it sure has added up to a lot in 2021. But that savings and investing over 24 years. See, anyone can do it. The key is to take action. And the key is to take greater action. And the key is to get started. And most people never get started. You know, Dave Ramsey is right about picking the smallest debt and paying it off. And then snowballing it into the next debt and paying it off. But see, that's the problem. And that's why when that family did a video testimony and there were, there were some people approaching them about this or that or what to do, that tells me you got people and they're not taking any action. You got to pick something and pay it off. And then roll that into something else and pay it off. And then apply it to the car or the house or whatever it is. So my father's life changed and the church, it changed when he heard the word of God. He heeded the word of the Lord and took action on what God told him about saving money. And so if you'll have ears to hear, if you'll hear and heed and take action on the word of God and on this message, over time, you will become wealthy. Over time, you will come to a blessed place of prosperity and abundance. Second Chronicles 20 and verse 20 says, have faith in the Lord and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets and you will be successful. So when you don't give and you don't tithe and you don't save any money, you're not giving God something to bless. A house is often an appreciating asset. So when you prepay on your house, that is a kind of savings. That is good ground. Amen? Yes, you should prepay and pay off credit card debt, but that's not saving money. And as my father told Aaron once, there, there, there's no point taking money out of savings or out of an investment account to pay off a credit card because it's your everyday habits that are contributing to that credit card debt. Got to tighten the belt, amen? amen? I know we just had spring break and probably had ice cream and burnt. You got to tighten the belt. As Dr. Fred Price used to say, eating makes fat and spending makes debt. So you just got to take everyday action in your home and your family and your budget. You should prepay and pay off automobile debt, but that's not saving money. And since a house normally appreciates, when you prepay a house, that is a kind of savings. As I mentioned, the, the word mortgage literally means death note. But God's best is not you paying on a death note your entire life. And then God's best is not even if you get it paid off doing one of those reversible mortgages and leaving behind nothing for your family and children. That's why Baron Rothschild once called compound interest the eighth wonder of the world. Our Heavenly Father wants you to be free. He wants you to be free. I said He wants you to be free. He wants you to be blessed. He wants you to have the desires of your heart, and He wants you to be free. So you don't have to spend 30 plus years paying off a home. And once it's paid off, you don't have to get a reverse mortgage leaving behind nothing for your children or grandchildren. Is it wrong to borrow? No, but it is wrong to borrow too much. And it is wrong to spend what you don't have. And the success system that never fails. W. Clement Stone explains that a man or woman can become wealthy over time by indebting themselves and then by paying their debts, thereby building net worth and assets. 
But this is why so many believers who are just, quote unquote, believing God, never have anything. They never take action. Or they never practice making their word come to pass. They're believing God, but while they're believing God, they're not taking any action. They're not paying any principle. Our wonderful, beautiful, heavenly Father wants you to be free. Say, He wants me to be free. And he wants us all to come to the place where we know we owe no man anything except for the debt of love. And last point, number five, there is something that God cannot and will not do, and that is bless a stingy or rebellious child. There is something that God cannot and will not do, and that is bless a stingy or a rebellious child. And this explains why you have unsaved rich people but why there are so few saved rich people. Isaiah 119 says, if you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. And you've heard us say, we learned this from Kenneth Hagin Sr. If God wants us to eat the best, surely he wants us to live in the best and drive the best and wear the best and birth and raise the best. And for each of us, the best is based on what you think is the best. You know, I got five kids. So when I see a loaded up minivan, I think, cool. And you might think, there's nothing cool about a minivan. Man, when that commercial comes on with the 80s heavy metal music and all that that does, man, I think that's cool. When we were at the zoo this week. We were walking back to our car, and a guy pulled in at the zoo, and he had a Mercedes Sprinter van, but it was not the one you can buy down the road. It was tricked out, custom paint, custom, the whole nine yards. And I told Samuel, that is your mother's next ride. Amen. <laughs> so you might think, Austin, man, I just want a Ford or I want a Chevy. The, the best is the best to you. But our Heavenly Father wants us to have the desires of our hearts. And he wants us to have his best and his best in every area of life. And as pastor said at 9 a.m., his best is not scratching and clawing. His best is not trying to decide between new shoes or new clothes or whatever it is. His best is not being able to do what you want and need and desire to do for your children. The Living Bible says, if you will only let me help you, if you will only obey, then I will make you rich. So our Heavenly Father wants to lift us up, but we have to let him. Say this, say, Lord, I'm willing. Say, Lord, I'm willing. But, but it's not just him blessing us. It is him blessing the work of our hands. And we've got to have some work of our hands for him to bless. And so, friend, if you don't have a savings account, you need to open a savings account. You might say, Austin, they require a bare minimum. Then you need to set aside that bare minimum. You need to open the account. And then you need to not touch that bare minimum. Amen. And that, that's, again, well, I'm going to pay it back. If we're honest, we'll all admit we never do. You've got to take action. Our heart's desire is that you would be blessed. As 3 John 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospers. Poverty, lack, and not enough is not the will of God. It is the curse. It is not the blessing. And it is not his will. So today we learn first, number one, that God makes a man or woman rich by blessing their labor the work of their hands. Number two, that God makes a man or woman rich by giving them seed to sow. Number three, that God makes a man or woman rich by blessing the seed that they sow in tithes and offerings. 
Number four, that God makes a man or woman rich by blessing the seed they sow in savings. Say, say savings. You just got to take action. Just got to take greater action. And then number five, that there is something our Heavenly Father cannot and will not do. And that is bless a stingy or a rebellious child. Now, what do all of these points require? What does every one of these points require? They require action. Action, action, action. Friends, you have to take action. And whatever action you've been taking, you just got to take greater action in 2021. There is no point complaining about what things cost. You know, I filled up Jessica's car yesterday morning. You know, it, it nearly cost to fill up half a tank what it cost six months ago to fill up the whole tank. It is what it is. There, there's no point saying, well, you know, a Ford F-150 only cost this much money in 1970. Those days are gone forever. So you just got to work God's plan in 2021. And to whatever degree you've been working God's plan, you got to take action and take greater action. You got to take action and take greater or new or additional action. You've heard me tell the story of how I was sitting at a power lunch. This would have been 2017 or 18. And my father was encouraging the men to set aside money for their children and grandchildren. And when each of our five children were born, my father opened up a Schwab investment account for them and set aside a certain amount of money, invested, which of course is every child's born. It takes a lot more work to keep them all even. My father likes everybody being even and Emily having as much as so Sophie has, even though they were born about 10 years apart. And because my father did that for, for years, I just thought, well, man, that's, that's taken care of. Austin is off the hook. Glory to God. But I was sitting there during that power lunch, and I, I got convicted that as their father, I wasn't setting anything extra aside for them in addition to what my father was doing. And again, everything now is electronic. You don't have to drive to New York City or San Francisco and visit Schwab in person. Amen. You can do that on your iPhone. You know, you can do other things than watch Netflix on your iPhone. And so I got online and set it up to where every month there's money going to all of their accounts. First three, then four, now, now five, and I, I've increased it since then. And so those will be extra monies saved and invested that they will have someday. You might say, well, Austin, the Lord's coming. Why do you need to do any of that? Don't be one of those people. Amen. A good man. What kind of man? Amen. Leaves an inheritance for his children's children. And why, why do I do what I do? Why do we do what we do? Because we're doers of the word. And we're not just doers of the parts we like. We're doers of all the word in every part of our lives. Amen. Take action, take action, take action. Take greater action. And don't be full of guilt and condemnation. All you can do is take action at your level. And even if it's just $5 a week, if you'll take action, you're giving God something to bless. And if all you do is save $100 this month, that's $100 more saved this month than last month. And you're showing God you're a good steward. You're, you're giving him something to bless. And I guarantee you, if you'll step out in faith and take action, you will not stay at that level for long. He will increase you. He will bless you. He will enable you to do more. Amen. Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. 
Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817-561-3400 or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. Remember to put God first in every area of your life because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.